Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. Everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode of Jersey Ghouls. We are now at round two dun, 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 dun. of gonna, our March Madness. Insert some sort of yeah. graphic sound. Oh, that dun dun dun. That yeah, perfect. that works. That works. <laughs> 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 Jackie, I'm so glad that I love true. that you said truck into number one on the last episode. <laughs> I, I felt like you were going to be like, we're not going to stop till <laughs> we, we hit the top. I was like, it's America's <laughs> hard top 64. Chuck into number one all the way coming at you from. Television City in Delran, New Jersey. Stormy, how's the weather out there? Thanks, Stormy. Now I'm now I'm here at City Weather. Alright, I can see that how today's gonna go. You got no. It's it's your fault. You got me all hopped up on bacon chive cheese dip. Yeah, I, so I do blame I, the I bacon actually, chive. I actually just roofied all of you. So. I think I think it was the chive, Jackie, that put you over Not the, the top. It might have been the bacon and the cheddar, but then that chive. You throw that chive in, and you're a crazy person. Okay, so the first match of round two is The Exorcist versus The Shining. What the? Seriously? Oh yeah. We're just gonna. There's like the Titans battle out right at the jump. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Monster Squad keeps through. <laughs> Monster Squad is only going the Exorcist or the Shining Squad. is making it through. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And William Freakin uh, just died in 2016, yeah. Yeah. right? The lighting in The Exorcist is just ridiculously good. I mean, The Exorcist is, is an insanely well lit movie. From everything from just that like iconic, like, uh, just like me, just I'm like well lit. Oh, I thought, I thought you were saying, I'm lit. Like, this is lit. Did I, I have to show up earlier? Did I miss something? I don't mean to be like, yo, the exorcist is lit. <laughs> I meant it was, it's well lit. Like, the lighting sorry, is very excellent. Did, did I miss the hotbox portion of the podcast? So, it, it is also a movie that I think technically is flawed because I, I watched it recently and did only then realize how much zooming happens in that movie. Wow. Have you ever, like, it's no. like, everything is like, it's like, when, it's like when your uncle had the camcorder for the first time <laughs> and, like, every scene begins, like, panned out and then slowly come, every scene in that movie is slowly moving in to, to what's scarier or sort of like. Who directed The Exorcist? Friedkin. He also directed The French Connection with Gene Hackman, yeah. which was a famous. Oscar snub in the 70s but uh, no other horror movies just else blue chips with Nick Nolte um, and Laura Brannigan's video and Laura Brannigan's Self Control which so what do you think well Stanley Kubrick didn't really direct any other horror movies either uh, well yeah I mean uh, you could argue it you can yeah you could argue 2001 it 2001 might be really not, close that's not a horror that's not a horror movie. It's a horrifying movie. There's suspense when the computer's trying to kill him, but that's not even the whole movie. Uh... Eyes, yeah, and Eyes Wide Shut's very suspenseful, too. He, you're right, he didn't do another genre horror movie. Yeah. So these <clears throat> that's an interesting point, is Maybe that these are two no oh, wait, what? one and outs. These are two yeah. one and outs, uh, you know, in the genre. Clockwork Orange? Clockwork Orange is horrifying as well. 
<clears throat> these are also two movies that, while both great, are hard to for me are not movies that most people would put in their favorites. It's like um, their quality. I feel like uh, supersedes their enjoyability. Does that make sense? Do you really yes. enjoy The Exorcist, or no. do you just kind of marvel at it? Marvel. Oh no, I'm I'm an enjoyer. I like it. I don't even marvel at The Exorcist. I don't think. Wow. I'm really. Well, what 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 does The Exorcist mean to you? Not much. Really. Little girl with some cool makeup on, <laughs> spinning her head around. Like I don't I don't have a lot of takeaways from The Exorcist. The the Exorcist has an unbelievable audacity for its time. Yeah. It can, comes true. out with no rating. It is it is regarded almost universally as pornographic. People were going to the theater to see it in the way that you would go to a freak show. I mean, our mother describes um, be, people being afraid to go physically go. She was terrified by the movie just in its, the acknowledgement of its existence. Mm-hmm. And so, think of it from the perspective of you know people who were really Catholic. And, and really kind of, you know, I mean, for them to take on this subject matter was ridiculous. The other thing is, is that the, the production itself is like cursed. If you do some research into that, there's a, there's a ton of like weird crap that goes on. Linda Blair was like mangled yeah. after the production of it because a lot of that crap is legitimate. There's no, obviously no CGI. When is right. I would argue it, it was. 73. You take a little girl and make her say heinous things. That's audacity. In 1973, that's audacious today. Never mind what she does with that crucifix. That's right. Okay, yeah. I'm just saying. Okay. Um, My my issue is The Shining has a lot more to chew on as far as the filmmaking and just, like, the metaphor. There's a lot of, like, weird stuff that happens in that movie that is not on the level, like, this is straightforward you know okay. there's a lot more to think about when you watch the shining it, it's much more open to interpretation Jens, i feel like i know where you're <clears throat> leaning and i could see that look in jackie's eye of horror and i i i, it's, it's I would okay. i would ask you to pause right now and refer to jersey ghouls episode number four <laughs> this has been discussed <laughs> at length been, ad nauseum i have nothing else to add to the importance of the shining okay no it's you're voting exorcist of Jen? course i'm voting exorcist okay. I'm voting Shining. The Shining. And the Shining goes through. All right, so our so next sorry. round the is... Ex- the, okay, but I don't think I'm done talking about the lighting in the <laughs> The, uh, if anybody needs to uh, go get drinks, think, take a yeah, bath, go to the bathroom. You can, this is all going to get cut later. But think of Linda Blair's face close up in that movie. Think of how often that happens. Think of the fact that every jump scare-like reference... We'll go to that movie. If the Academy Awards does like a scary montage, every scary montage uses that face. And that is a face that was created, that's a, you know, created with makeup and lit flawlessly. To this day, is still regarded as scary enough to make people jump. And, it, and what about the Satan face? Oh. Pazuzu? Yeah. Pazuzu? Oh. Yeah. oh my God, when they, that, you know what, and this, this is my argument for remakes in general. You know, everyone's like, oh, we need to reboot this movie. We need to reboot oh, this movie. Okay. No. Do what Alien did. Or was it Aliens? I forget which one. Alien or Aliens? I don't know. What do they do? They <laughs> and The Exorcist did like a 25th anniversary, re-released, like digitally remastered. remastered we see that together, you and me. Added in scenes. Is it both? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both like, that's, like, you don't need to reboot the movie. 
take that classic movie, yeah, throw in some deleted scenes, remaster it, Dolby 5.1, surround sound, beautiful Blu-ray, do the whole nine. You don't need to remake it. You you can, and you'll still make money, I promise. Uh, when The Exorcist did that reboot, or when The Exorcist came out, they remastered it, they added in deleted scenes. Those scenes are some of the now scarier scenes because one of the scariest things in the book is when they describe Reagan coming down the stairs like a spider. Right. And it's, okay, you read it, that's a scary image. They actually had that scene in the remastered version and it is the scariest friggin' thing I have ever, I actually have a toy depicting that. Yep. Like I do, I have a little plastic Reagan coming down the awesome. stairs. The scariest moment. And you're ab- you're absolutely right because I don't remember that moment being scary until after they redid it. I think it was almost cartoonish in the original like VHS I had of that movie. But in the new DVD, that's a more striking image of her coming down like that. So creepy. And and I think that you know that grown men came back from that movie when it was in the movie theater and were deeply disturbed. Go go talk to your parents. Go talk to your grandparents, <laughs> some of you, and talk to them about that movie coming out. That was a movie that was pervasively affecting the culture in a way that I would say no other horror movie, save for like 1929 Dracula, which you know obviously got beat by Monster Squad, one of the greatest <laughs> horror movies ever made on this particular <laughs> tournament. Um, but it pervaded the culture and terrified people who didn't even go see it. People are afraid of that movie who never saw it. Yeah, it, it's like if you, yeah, if I know people that because they are Catholic, right? Because <laughs> right. they are Catholic, they cannot watch that movie because then they will become possessed. They will let the demons in. In essence, horrified by the idea that someone made that movie. I, love her yeah. so much. I know, she's terrifying. But you love her because she's scary. She is no, and it's like she's one of the reasons. I don't, she, the movie, the makeup artist, one of the reasons why I have any interest in doing special effects makeup and even started practicing special effects makeup is because of that. Recreating that look was one of the first things I ever attempted and failed at terribly. And two years later, I'm getting a little bit better at special effects makeup and I'm still not like, it's, it's an easy application, but to do it right and actually make it look decent takes so much practice, but I love it. And like I said, part of it for me, and I've talked about this before on the show, is not even so much the movie. I'm somewhat biased because that is one of my favorite. That that not one of that is my favorite book. Absolutely, uh, my copy is broken and gross and falling apart, and I will cherish it forever. So it's like, do I love that movie because that's also my favorite book? And I know that there are parts in the book that don't happen in the movie, but in my brain, they've happened. And like because I've read the book so many times, so. I also love that book. I, I love that book more than some of the other based on novel. I, I mm-hmm. prefer that novel to a lot of the other movies that were turned into. Okay. And I read that young, probably too young. But it also really affected me. You ready to move on? Okay. Sure. So now we move on to the second match, The Thing versus Poltergeist. Mm. This one, I don't know. For me, this one is is pretty easy. While I enjoy both of them, I, I love Poltergeist. I, I absolutely adore that movie. Yeah, me too. I'm just trying to get the, the facts here. So the Poltergeist, of course, um, Toby Hooper with a strong yeah. Spielberg hand, 1982. One of the, the Hooper, <laughs> one of the Hooper classics um, that inspires so many people to... Uh, 
to to go up and look him up for the entire month of, of uh, October. <laughs> and then, uh, you, ironically, the thing was also made in 1982 yeah. by John Carpenter. Um, man, I love Poltergeist so much. Yeah. <laughs> I just have such a connection to it. Uh, I mean, I, I think that, you know, it's like I said, it's one of those movies that I shared with my family as soon as I felt like they were ready to. Um, but the thing holds up so well. It really I just, does. I watched them both within the last few years, and Poltergeist is still as good um, as I remember. But man, the thing is still scary. You know, the, Sorry. and and for for a movie that was trying to do something very different in 1982, it it almost seems to me like more of an achievement. The thing feels like more of an achievement in film. I I agree. I if I had to pick between these two, I, as much you as I like Poltergeist, I have to go with the thing. <laughs> it's not a hypothetical, Nate. This is this is it. We're For here. This now. It. So this is my last appearance <laughs> on Jersey Gold. I hope you enjoyed Su- my super salad tones. <laughs> the finger Poltergeist. <laughs> so you're going. You're going with the thing. I'm going with the thing. I just. I, what are you doing? I Poltergeist. Ugh. Yeah. I can't pick Poltergeist over the thing. I just can't. Okay, okay. All right, you know let, what? Wait, three words. Go ahead. Craig T. Nelson. Oh, my God. Coach. So, no, seriously, I, all kidding or, aside, I love him in this. Joe that Beth scene, Williams. Seriously. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, I don't know. There, to me, this movie is just, this movie has everything. This this movie, Are You Afraid of Clowns? We got yep. it. You afraid of ghosts? Yep. We got it. The dark, little girls, creepy thunder. little girls. Yeah, creepy little, little girls. Little small women who say really <laughs> weird things in high pitched voices. You know, like there's the gore factor. Skeletons you gore? in your pool. It's got Skeletons gore. Skeletons in your pool. Ancient Indian burial ground. Mm-hmm. Hello. No, yes. it's, seriously, this will tap into what are you afraid of? This movie's got it. That's one of the reasons I love this movie is because it literally can pinpoint, pick your paranoia. This movie's got a little bit of everything. <sighs> It's a salad bar of your fears. All right. Yeah, it really is. It's like a it's like salad bar at Sizzler. It's circa nineteen eighty two. If we're gonna talk about nineteen eighty two and salad bars. Like if I had a time machine, I would make sure that that's the movie tagline. Poltergeist. It's a salad bar of your fears. And it was an awesome ride on it's the boardwalk on Seaside when Marissa and I were kids. Oh, they had a poltergeist. They had a it was called Poltergeist. It all scenes from the movie out front, but all it was was a scrambler in the dark. Oh gosh. But still, no, you were like sure you okay. saw poltergeist <laughs> images on the inside. Um, okay, so let's talk about poltergeist the thing. sends filmmaking one one way, and the thing is going a different way, and the path that in hindsight was better was Carpenter's. Is the only that's the only this is my only problem because poltergeist continues to build on this block, but like so you know. Jaws and Star Wars kind of converged to start turning filmmaking into a certain thing that it was not when Carpenter made Halloween. And Carpenter takes one more firm step towards the integrity of that before he is completely blocked out by the machine that becomes Spielberg and not Hooper. That's not fair. No, no. But just Toby Hooper But Spielberg kept going. took, I think, and that's the other problem with the movie too, is I feel like Spielberg got Hooper to direct that yeah. to lend it this sort of like grimier feeling. good about it because Spielberg basically made him do all the work and then took all the credit. Yeah, and Spielberg was making a movie he could mark. I mean, Spielberg was building this marking machine that, you know, that Gremlins goes on to become, you know, 
So, so when you take... And just for you, Jackie, I'm going to say this. Fun fact, Toby Hooper wrote the earliest draft of the, the thing. Of the thing? Mm-hmm. What? Mm. Really? Yeah. I don't doubt that. Hooper was a machine at this time. He was. I gotta go to the thing, Jackie. Fair enough. No, it's 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 it's, it's not like the thing's a bad movie. I, I, the thing uh, yeah, is the thing is an awesome movie. movie. But so is Poltergeist. We watched two. We Listen, have two great horror movies. Bite the dust. You can't throw a Craig T. Nelson at me when the other movie has <laughs> Kurt Russell in it. Yeah, that's I'm fair. sorry. Kurt it's Russell fair. overrides everything. All day. He's in yeah. bad movies that I like because Kurt Russell is in them. So moving on to match number three, Jaws versus Psycho. <laughs> I know I'm all done. the big I'm like dead. heavy hitters I'm like dead. right. How the did these all wind up at the top? Wasn't there a seating? We were freaking out. Later, we were freaking later, out too. I feel like ago. it's gonna be like Monster Squad versus uh, Monster Squad Two. <laughs> there's gonna be some. There's gonna be some of those, but not as many because we got rid of a lot of the the all right. chaff. Not that many of those. All right. I would say at least there's oh, only three or four God. ways where it's obvious. Which Jaws versus before. Psycho. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> A perfect movie versus a more perfecter movie. I watched both of these movies in the last six months, and both of them still work in every way. Yeah. Both of them still fire on every cylinder. And I watched both of them with my children, my older children. Don't don't call anybody. Ah, you're fine. Um, and they're three. They're, they there's there's a lot worse. Out both there. of those movies scared them. Both of them scared them every bit as much as they scared me when I watched them for the first time. I had a phobic fear of Psycho when I was a kid. Yes, you did. Yes, I did. I'm glad oh that God. I brought it up your eyes. I just remembered. <laughs> we used to be able to just say the, the word trauma. mother to Marissa to get her to stop or go away. <laughs> it still works. And do you remember it? when we went to Universal Studios when you were yes, a little kid and we stood and in front of the house the, and no, you no, cried? No, no, there was like a an automated like walking thing. Like what are those called? Things where like you're you're moving, you're not on an escalator, but it's just going straight this way. Yeah, like a walk, a, a walkway. walkway. Yeah. And I froze because I realized the the psycho exhibit was the next one, and there was a, a doll rocking in the chair, like a mother doll, and I refused to move, so the whole thing had to stop. And remember, Dad had to pick me up and carry me off of it. <laughs> I literally was like, "This ain't happening." Like I was like, "Yeah, she was <laughs> terrified of mother." Yep. Yeah, I was terrified. And you know what? It now that I'm older and I'm no longer phobically afraid of the movie, it, it's just so good and so scary and. You know, hit. You know, you could talk forever about. It. I gotta say in my head too, Hitchcock versus Spielberg. That's that's hard too. They, I'm, I'm gonna make Jaws the musical. Lens, Jaws the musical. I'm gonna go copyright before this podcast <laughs> comes out. Because how brilliant. Jaws the musical would I would work? Yeah, it would. We should start writing it right now <laughs> when we we're done. I think might want to put recording. this aside and start on that. <laughs> start on. I think both of these movies affected me in that way. You know, like, Jaws, like, I didn't even want to be in the deep end of the pool. Me too. Psycho, like, if I if I was ever in the shower for years, yeah. like, I would constantly have, like, this nagging, it. like, like thought in the back of my mind, hey, there's someone on the other side of that curtain. I'm going to stab you. going to get you. The two most iconic scores mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. of the simplest notes, oh, arrangement of notes, that either one will slay you and, rec- and instantly recognizable. And, and how many notes are they really? They're, well, Jaws is two. Two. Yeah. <laughs> Psycho is one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. But Psycho also has that amazing car driving song. <laughs> 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 
guys could do that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and how much the terrible scenery in the back? Like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I, love yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that. The cops, the cops, my favorite. What songs we can write for the musical? And my first one is Shark to the Tune of Rent. Shark, 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 shark. <laughs> or they just say shark a lot. Yeah. yeah. I think there's got to be a love song between oh, yeah. the shark I'm and. Custom um, to his face. Like, what <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the shark sings it. I, I got to give a shout out to Ed. I got to give a shout out to my boy Ed, who actually helped me develop the idea of how we need a, the world needs. I think his Jaws exact words were the, the world's needs. The world needs Jaws in the musical. He's right. I'm going to start writing it right now. Sorry, I didn't mean to digress, but that was where my no, head was. Right no, no, the shark, wheels shark, are shark, turning shark. in my head because right now it's, we got to close the beach. No, right. we can't. No, we can't. <laughs> it's 4th of July. We got to work it out. Yeah, the beach. mayor would be so, like, like he'd wear a top hat and, like, a curly <laughs> mustache. He'd be like an know? industrial <laughs> giant villain from, like, the... <laughs> How does a dorsal fin carnival <laughs> shadow of the ocean... We could rap part of it. Yeah. That's oh, hot. Of That's what the you kids want. That's, That's what you got. Have to do now. The kids. You got to think of the kids. <laughs> right. They love the rap. They want. The rap. What did you put that in front of just a minute ago? The poltergeist. <laughs> the kids. They they need the rap and the poltergeist. Okay, that said, so, I vote psycho. Okay, so, so voting voting is now open. Voting is open. Voting is open between. Jaws and Psycho. That's I'm going to vote Psycho. Yeah, me too. I'm going to vote Psycho. Psy- Psycho... Okay, so Psycho startled and titillated both of my children, but, I mean, uh, Jaws and Psycho both together, but I think the the brand of filmmaking that I was still most impressed by was in Psycho. Yeah. I think Psycho is probably one of Hitchcock's best films, and Jaws is up there for Spielberg, but he's got so many that, like, I wouldn't feel bad about knocking it down on his list. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, see, that's, yeah, that's a thought I enjoy. The fir- and plus, the first blockbuster, Jaws does, does just as much to ruin movies as it does to make them good. Yeah. What are we going to need? A bigger boat. We need what a bigger boat. <laughs> I kill you, shark. <laughs> I'll kill you, shark. But I love you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so my vote as well uh, is going for Psycho, so it sweeps, and we move right along. Scar comparing song. This one, I I see you guys are getting some easy ones now. So, anywho, Texas Chainsaw Massacre versus Battle Royale, kids. I don't think Battle Royale stands a chance, and I love that movie, but it's up against Chainsaw Massacre, and come on. I, I just... I can't. Right. I yeah, can't. that one's kind of no, a. That's totally fair. I, I'm assuming a no-brainer for all of us that yeah. that it's a sweep for Texas. But we really got to talk about that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Just like the election. Just like, right Just like the 2016 election. Texas gets it. Um, we need to talk about Battle Royale though, because that movie is just so good. On it's, so many levels. It's super good. It's so good. It's super I mean, good. To have a bunch of like bad kids from a school be dropped off by their teacher, given weapons, and then sent out into the wilderness to kill each other. Before there was a Hunger Games, too. Let me, like... And, and it's not like Hunger Happy Games where, like, they really, they really don't want to kill each other. Right. Within the first five minutes of this game starting, that fat kid has a hatchet and is just running at someone like, ah! Right, you're like, describing my first murder, too, um, actually, almost to oh, a okay, T. cool. Fat kid with a hatchet, didn't want to do it at first. Um, like, Lord of the Flies meets, like... That being that being said, even though I really like the concept, um, I have a feeling that a lot of the acting in this movie is way more hokier than we realize. There's one scene in particular where they take shelter in a house 
and there's a there's like a group of girlfriends there, and they're all arguing over what to do with the guy upstairs who's injured. And every time someone says something, they run at the table and slam both their hands down on the table and say their lines. Every single person in that scene does it for, like, probably, like, two minutes straight. Everyone's running up to the table like, no, I'm going to say my line now. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I don't like You could think... almost imagine being like, you know what would work? What if you slam the table with your hands in order to communicate that you're really serious about this? And there was no way there was going to be a satisfying ending for that movie. Right, there's right. no way there's going to be a satisfying, and there isn't. Like it, it ends, and you're like, well, not everyone died, so I guess that's good. But it's and still. I, I also thought it was like I love that so many of them like commit suicide. Like I thought it was. Like, yeah. Cool. yeah, a lot of them. A lot of them are just like friends like who are like, we're them. not going to kill anyone. Yeah, we're not going to kill each yeah. other. We love each other too much, so let's jump off a cliff. So like, there's just so much. Yeah, there was just. So it happens. Humanity in all like it, all this film. It's that really I love. good. It's just such a great, and it's also such a good statement of like, like you can really read a lot about like, like the new. The, maybe it's because I'm a high school teacher, but like discipline and young children, and you know, just all kinds of cool issues like that are really tackled in this film, and I, I love it. It's so I I thought it just deserved. Obviously, Texas Chainsaw, you know, not yeah. that my vote matters, but you know, yeah. like, it's true. Like, no, it, it deserves it a chance, but it definitely deserves its due. It's a good. Yeah, definitely go watch that, but watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre first if oh, you haven't gotcha. seen it. Oh, <laughs> 100%. All right, so the next one's going to be brutal. <laughs> Evil Dead 1981, of course, Sam Raimi, mm-hmm. and Silence of the Lambs 1991, exactly 10 years later, Jonathan Demme. Jon- Jonathan Demme, to me, is underrated as a director. I- I'm a big fan of his his work. He's also a really amazing, uses music in his movies really well. There. So, uh, what's the name of the Anne Hathaway movie from the early 2000s? It's like somebody, somebody getting married. Rachel getting married. Rachel getting married, which to me is such an underrated movie. A movie I loved and most people were kind of ambivalent about. But Jonathan Demme does amazing things in that movie. And, and, and his hand on that story, I just don't know. I, I, don't, I think Silence of the Lambs is overrated. I don't think the performances are as good as all the Oscars they won. I don't think the story is that strong. I never liked those novels. I stopped reading the Thomas Harris, right? Jack yeah. I stopped reading the Thomas Harris novels. I just, I, I, and I, Evil Dead, you know, has a gross, disgusting place in my heart that will never die. It's true. It's not the greatest movie. A lot of the acting is really ham-fisted, but it, Sam Raimi is so important in horror for me, especially as the years go on, and this was his jumping-off point. I mean, I think even Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell knew that what they were making wasn't a good film. Right, yeah, that, that's what I mean. I think because, there's a tongue-in-cheek to Evil well, Dead. they were very close with, like, the Coen brothers, and Coen brothers are making, like, important movies and getting stuff together and actually, like, getting into Hollywood, and they're like, let's make a movie where the thing vomits all over everybody, and then you have to shoot your own hand as it tries to murder you, and, like... Right, and but integrity-wise, you can see them coming from the same place that the Coen, Coen brothers are unbelievable, amazing, possibly the greatest American directors. They might become of, of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see. They're still working, obviously, thank God. But the, you know, there's a, the, to me, there's an authenticity about Evil Dead that comes from that same place, whereas Silence of the Lambs is very glossy, very like almost, you know, 
it's not Oscar bait because it blew everybody away that it won five mm-hmm. Oscars or I forget what it won in 1991. A bunch, a, a crap load. It's one of it the was, few movies. It was like Oprah giving out Oscars. It was one you of the get few an Oscar movies and that you get won. An Oscar yeah. And- so few movies won every won all the big ones, right? But that movie won Best Actress, Best Actor, Best Director, Best Picture, well, I believe. Like, I, yeah, but I don't know. This is a horror movie. I'm, I never said that. I never said that. You never said what? I don't think that, that Evil Dead was going down. I'm just trying to show the differences between these two films and why we might want to go with Evil Dead. Because even though it's not technically as well crafted a movie so, yeah, I agree. as Silence of the Lambs, there's way more heart there, in Evil Dead. Yeah, I way agree. more heart and way more ingenuity. Oh my God. Yeah. I 100% agree. Uh, no. This is a no-brainer to me. I don't think Silence of the Lambs has a chance. No, no. I don't think so either. Yeah, it's no, this one's close. an easy sweep. Perfect. As good as I see, and I enjoy, I enjoy this movie. I enjoy the book. I enjoy the Silence of the Lambs. But yeah, no, Evil Dead is a, it's a no-brainer. That goes through. But put the lotion in the basket. Evil Dead. All Evil the way, Dead right? all day. Every all right. Day. The next one I have a feeling is going to be only a problem in my mind. <laughs> but no, no. Actually, Jackie, I think you spoke of this. We'll see. It's Bride of Frankenstein versus Pet Cemetery with an S. Pet Cemetery, uh, late eighties, early nineties, mm. right? Late eighties, uh, I think. Bride of Frankenstein, of course, kind of regarded as the gone I, of gone of, gone with the wind of the Universal monster pictures. Pet Cemetery was nineteen eighty nine. Okay, Cemetery is nineteen eighty nine. Do you have a director? It was directed by Mary Lambert. Ooh, we should check to see how many. I don't. We don't have a lot of women no. directors Mary on Lambert. our countdown. But um, it was based on the novel by Stephen King's screenplay, also by Stephen King. Well, there you go, which you guys were very upset about with The Shining, that yeah. they didn't use that screenplay. So they used King's uh, screenplay for Pet Cemetery, and then it goes up against Bride of Frankenstein, um, which was directed by uh, the original Frankenstein director, who a whale, right? James Whale? Is that, mm-hmm. Am I right about that? Yeah. James Whale directs Bride of Frankenstein. What's the year, Jackie? It's got to be like 35 mm. Oh, yeah, 1935, James Whale. Okay. I don't have a lot of good things to say about Bride of Frankenstein. I'm sorry. We went over this last time. I'm, I'm amazed it got through the first round, personally. I'm sorry, oh, no. Jay. No, it's okay. No, and this one kind of, I'm, I'm torn with this one because I, I spoke last time of my fondness for the Bride of Frankenstein and how it had, like, you know, some actual deep meaning for me. Pet Cemetery is really, really good, though. It is. It's good, but I think good is exactly. I think Pet Cemetery is a very good horror movie. I don't know that's one of the best. Yeah. No. This is a tough one for me because I was very satisfied with Bride of Frankenstein only being a first round win. Yeah. In my mind, sort of when it got through, and you were like, "What are you guys talking about? How is this movie? This movie's boring. It doesn't hold up at all." My I would kids- say it's boring. There's some actual. There's some humor in there that I didn't expect. Right. There's there is some humor in there that I, did, I I think that always throws me off when a black and white movie makes me laugh though I'm like whoa <laughs> how long ago was this and you still made me laugh Look so that's actually kind people, of impressive dead people being funny I so I taught I taught well, when I taught film I taught with a guy who was a the history teacher side of it and he used to always whenever we were watching anything when and we would pause a black and white movie he would always say to the kids. Everyone you just saw is dead now. <laughs> and no. I would always brought such like a weird tension to the proceedings. I would be like, wow, but he's right. There's one old lady in particular who's one of the enraged townsfolk who just always has some smart-ass comment. Yeah. And she's in all those Universal Monster movies. Is I she? can't remember the actress's name off the top oh, of my wow. head. But she made a living out of being the, the warning woman or the... 
the coaxing woman. She's in uh, the the Wolf Man. She's in a lot of them. It's just humorous. Like I don't know because she, she's now like a character that people use as like a joke in movies. Like yeah. you have like this. Yep. I she's mean, like archetype. even in like Friday the Thirteenth, you got the old man on the bicycle who's like, "Man, don't go to Camp Blood," and she's essentially that character yeah. played completely straight. Yeah, there's a lot of cool things about Bride of Frankenstein. I think I'm I'm in love with Elsa Lancaster. She is only in the movie for 20 minutes. Did you you said last time? Yeah, right? not like very long. The last 15 minutes or something, but she does mean something to the canon. Um, Fred Gwynn's in the Bride <laughs> Cemetery though, which is just. Can't beat. I love the scene where he gets his Achilles tendon cut. That's one of the most memorable horror it's scenes for me. Monster. I can be very easily swayed here. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat where, like, you know, Frankenstein's monster is, you know, it's a scary image. But then you've got Zelda in Pet Cemetery, oh, who yeah. is is the reason. So scary. She's, I would say, a good, like, 40% of why this movie is so scary is because her in that back bedroom being creepy and screechy and, and the, and the what is it, that she's got meningitis mm-hmm. and the way that it deforms her and... Uh, she and, that, and that's gives me really TVs. well shot with this like security camera like uh, angle, mm-hmm. and she wa- she comes to the camera right mm-hmm. I believe as opposed to when the Exorcist where every shot is us going to yeah. the <laughs> um, so that's very well done. But is everything as well done as that scene, Jackie? And didn't that scene scare the crap out of you in the novel? Which I don't know about you, but I, I read before I saw the movie. Uh, I, no, I, for me, I saw the movie first okay. and had then had read, so it made it even it's my worse. Age. <laughs> it made it even worse because then I had Zelda in my yeah, head yeah. as I'm reading it, and like, and it's one of those things where it's like she's just chilling back there. So no matter what happens in the movie, in my head, she's, she's also in the background, there, just yeah, like yeah. you know, the trucks are coming down the highway, and she's back there like woo. Yeah. To me, Zelda is one of those scenes that, though it it wasn't, it didn't match what I made in my mind. And you're right, my mind, the image in my mind is still there, mm-hmm. but it was equally effective. So uh, there's that. Mm. I don't know. I feel like there's no way you're voting for Bride of Frankenstein. Either. I can't. Yeah, I can't no, do it. Okay, so I know you're where you are, yeah. Jackie. I can't read where you're going. Because I, yeah. I don't know. I think I'm with you. Where it's like uh, I'm waiting to see what you do, and you're waiting to see what I'm going to do. I know. Do. I'm going to vote Bride of Frankenstein. I think Pet Cemetery is a good, not a great horror adaptation. The novel is one of my favorites. At the end, I don't know if the visuals hold up. I love Fred Gwynn. I love uh, yeah. Zelda, but at the end of the day, I want to get, I want to le- allow the universal. Mo- Bride of Frankenstein is now wearing that era as yeah. a backpack, and I That's want it true. to take it forward. I'm with Boris you. Karloff, Bella Lugosi, the whole crew comes with Bride of Frankenstein. I'm, James you know Whale I'm, I'm does 100%. more for the genre than we. Than I'm hundred percent with for. you. That that is true. There's no other. We have no other universal classics coming through, do we? That's nope, it. That's it. The way know. it should be. <laughs> <laughs> the way we made it later, better. What do you right. think? So, so, so yeah, Bride of Frankenstein. It's Bride of Frankenstein. Okay. Is it? Yeah. Is it? I don't recall Marissa chiming in on this she one. She only breaks ties, buddy. It's a hit. But who's, she, who's to say? Jackie wasn't allowed to use Marissa when she wanted Poltergeist to go through. Oh, wow. You did That's Frankenstein, Frankenstein anger. That's well played. Fair there enough. Fair enough. All right. Bride of Frankenstein is through the one of the only, represent, one of the only rep- representatives from the, from the golden age of horror. I'm gonna get that Bride of Frankenstein. You'll see. <laughs> well, next time, look at what it's coming up against. It's got a. We got an Evil Dead. Yeah. Bye. 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 All right. Uh, next up, we got Trick or Treat versus an American Werewolf in London. Mm. So the John Landis um, 
special effects uh, legend of the early 1980s, right? Well, I would guess 80. Uh, yeah, it's like 81 or 82. One, it was three. really. I watched it this morning actually. I got home really late, and instead of going to bed because I had to, to I have to get up early for a podcast, I decided I'm gonna watch an American <laughs> Werewolf in London. 1981. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well done. I had the year right on the description. Oh, there you go. I'm okay, that that's all right. 1981, John um, Landis, and then Trick or Treat. I have no idea what year or who the director is. Uh, it's I'm it's recent. Up. It's probably like 2011. 2007. Okay. Okay. Seven. 2007. Seven directed by Michael Doherty, also written by Michael Doherty. It's it's very good. It's good. It's very good. It's good. I just watched it this morning. Marissa made me. And I really like American Werewolf in London. I, I have problems with that film though. Its tone is really strange because like there's there's humor in like the soundtrack and stuff that totally catches me off guard and diffuses lots of scenes. The way the movie ends. Is Duke getting shot to death in an alley while his British girlfriend is trying to like calm him down so she can help him? Mm-hmm. And it's just like the dude dead on the ground, and she's like, "I love you," and then it just cuts to like some like scat, like bow, 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 it's like Blue Moon or yeah, something. Yeah, it is. At it's doo yep. And there's also, they also play Bad Moon Rising like right before, before he, turns he turns into a yeah. werewolf. And it's, it's, there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek stuff like that, and I'm not sure if all of it works. That's funny, though, because I think it's one of its strengths. It's one of the only movies I know that is really funny and really scary, and both of those work together. Trick or Treat, which, like I said, I have the luxury of having just seen, mm-hmm. is glorious. It's wonderful. It's so much fun. Anna Paquin is so hot in it. It's it's glorious movie. It's like an homage to horror movies. How, no horror movie lover is going to dislike that movie, but it's a funnier movie than it is scary. It's Trick gory and it's scary ish. And it's also but it's cute. It's cute and saying, funny. It's also adorable. It's kind of adorable. Sam's, little, and it is Sam's made, a little pumpkin. It is made for us. It's made for yeah. people who are going to be cheering on the gore, yeah. cheering on the 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 the, the, antag- the classic antagonist. But American Werewolf in London Hold on a is moment. dark and terrifying and bothers me deeply and ends badly. Isn't isn't the first thing that happens in Trick or Treat? It's that a small child is murdered and is being buried in someone's backyard. Well, the second thing, but yeah. And still, it doesn't pervade the tone. The tone, the light tone wins yeah. the day. I didn't think there was a light tone. I got like a Harmony Corinne vibe off of that. Probably because of the actor, oh, too. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> But I, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It got really creepy for me because I've seen him in so many movies where he plays like a pedophile. So yeah, yeah, I immediately yeah. start connecting these things. Yeah, that's true. But I, I, you see, I don't, I don't think so. I think that you know the the puking right before that kid dies mm-hmm. is speaks to that. You watch that puking, and you're like, ah, you know, and you can't help but laugh at how great, you know, it's all over him. And I, th- I think, I think that I'm not saying it's bad that the tone is light. Need I, I think it's good. It works in that context. Mm. But I, American Werewolf in London tonally is to me, it's magic. I don't know how he pulls it off. It how you can feel both. That movie still scares it's me. It's really, it's really fun to watch American Werewolf in London, just because like it, it, it flip flops between those two feelings like so it does. naturally. So it's just, well, it's just the ending that really like caught me off guard because it's so, it's such a somber moment, and then it's like whoa, party music, right? <laughs> like it comes out of nowhere. Technically, though, <clears throat> I don't think American Werewolf holds up. 
No. I think it feels very 80s when you um, watch it. In the way I that think, like Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street are starting to feel I very 80s. I think that specifically the werewolf yeah. animatronic is poor. Poor. Yeah. But I mean for poor. its time, it's not. It's amazing. It's revolutionary. Mind-blowing. But today... Yeah. And you're talking about Trick or Treat also has a transformation. We're talking about a movie where werewolves transform mm-hmm. in a much more modern CGI kind of way. Mm-hmm. It's kind of really flawless, really pretty. But, but it's, I mean, it's working with something even, that Landis for, didn't have. Even for werewolf transformations, though, the Howling still did it better. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Just the Howling's just not as good a movie no, in any other not. way. No, it's not. Unless you know you're looking for that network news aspect, the Howling does bring you. Is that the first one or the sequel where she transforms on the news? Is that the Howling Two? Mm, I don't I'm know. She of? goes to like she goes to like a camp or something like a mm-hmm. like a I think I'm thinking the commune or something. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I I vote uh, American Werewolf in the end. For 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 a tournament about the best in horror, yeah. I don't know that Trick or Treat does anything except say, it "Look how much fun we can have doing yeah. this." You know, it wouldn't exist without the other things coming before it. So, yeah, American Werewolf. I'm bummed that Trick or Treat is out. I, okay. I really like Trick or Treat. So, um, me too. For, well, first of all, if I if I can jump in, I think I think you're right that it is. I think you're right that it's very tongue in cheek. But I think it's still effective horror, and I think it's got a lot of really good moments where they pause the funny to be scary. I remember the first time I saw that movie, being scared out of my mind about the vignette with the kids in the yeah, bus. Yeah, that's like, really holy creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I loved how they played with so many tropes, like the fact that the girl who you're like, oh my god, she's gonna get killed by the vampire, went to be good werewolf who eats his face off. That's, yeah, that's unbelievably that's pretty cool. great too. It's really and well then done. also, I think Sam and the whole like. All of those ridiculous tropes about Halloween and what to do and what not to do being tossed back at us like that, it's just such a love letter to horror. And so to see it go pains me. It's the first time in, in this round that I've been like, no. I'm going to I'm gonna rewatch it again tonight in honor yes. of Trick or Treat. You please it was do. so yeah. good. It was. It was. So good. It's such a good movie. Um, but I get why American Werewolf uh, in London matters. I just, I, lately I've been wondering if it holds up. I don't, I don't know that it does. American <laughs> War. I watched it last night. It's it holds up pretty well. Yeah, pretty right. well. It's still scary. It it's still scary, and it it just did a lot of important stuff. Yeah, and and I think Landis <laughs> deserves the love. Um. All right. So our next round, you guys, is Scream, the 1996 Wes Craven classic, takes on Carrie, 1976. Brian De Palma. Brian De Palma. There yeah. you go. Movie. Mm. Have at it, kids. Mm. I feel like Stephen King immediately gets a leg up in any any category, you know, just because we got some avid readers who I'm not going to name. <laughs> no, you know what, though? Honestly, between these two, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm leaning towards Scream. Good. I'm, wow. personally, I'm saying I'm leaning towards Scream um, because, again, we know that I love my slashers. And this... Brought it brought it slashers, brought slashers back. back. It did. It really it brought the the little subgenre of the genre that I love. It brought it back full circle. How you were saying last time about how then everything was trying to copycat Scream. Mm-hmm. Just it's a testimony to it brought it back. It did it right. This is how you do it. Wes Craven all the way. Well, I mean they they also made the mistake of every slasher series by making too many entries. Oh my god, yeah. But. We need to we need to uh, recognize the first one and its importance. Yeah, no, like I'm I'm not counting the rest of them. Like I'm I'm specifically thinking about Scream itself. Yeah, I can't believe it, you know, because <laughs> Carrie was the first time John Travolta was in a movie. You know what I mean? So it's crazy. It's so good. Joey does it's his great. Um, <laughs> I, 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 
I'm torn on this because I think you're right. I don't think that Carrie is that good. And I think if I were closer to the age I was when I saw Carrie than I was when I saw Scream, I probably would have loved Scream. Um, Ooh, fun fact. I got stood up on my first date ever at Scream by a guy. I wish I remembered his name. I would blast him right now. I (laughs) wish you wouldn't. It was ho- ever. It was horrible. Yeah, have not be forgotten to the annals of time. Yes, he said, just came popped into my brain. I got really? stood up what at year Scream. Was that? It's like ninety. Scream was hold on, I have it here. Ninety six. Ninety six. So I was a freshman oh. in high school. Oh wow. And yeah, l- little jerk that he was. I I just sat there waiting, and then I just went and watched the movie because uh, I was too embarrassed to do anything. Else. Yeah. You were allowed so to go to, on dates as a freshman That's in high school. What I'm saying, you yeah. Um, Where'd you go to see? You know me? Mom and Dad. I, that time that I said I was going to Leanna's house, I went to. To oh, the you movies. Just but lied the joke was on me. They card you the joke was that movie is definitely rated no, R. You know what? They no, were carding. Yeah. And again, now I'm going to really have to. No, I wasn't at the Mayfair. I was in the one down by Edgewater. Oh. Yeah. See, I had to have my older brother sneak me in. Yeah. Because had... he had seen it and he was like, you got to see this movie. Cause... I'd rather not dive into how I was able to get into the R rated movie they were <laughs> on when I was 13, Nate. <laughs> I just don't know that either of these movies is in the same conversation as the movies we've had to this point. I know that's not how the game is played. It's just, I know you don't get to say, well, neither basketball team wins this game because they're not, you know, one of them gets to move on. I I, I think Scream was a more important movie. Yeah. I think the way that it played with horror movies and called out so many tropes that ironically Craven helped build. Yeah. Were, it was just brilliant. Is it fair to say, though, that Scream doesn't live up to its first 10 minutes? Like it never fulfills what that, what that. I think the ending is really fun and like still gets like, it's still like. And scary to me. And yeah. the violence in that movie is, it's it doesn't go over the top. It's not like watching a Friday the Thirteenth movie where someone's head is like right, where it gets being comical. like like ripped off of their shoulders. Like people get stabbed, and it's like, oh, I can feel that. You know, you it, don't get yeah, that. Yeah. You don't get that with a lot of horror movies. Which I think is one of Craven's biggest strong suits is how realistic his violence over always feels. There's and something and talking about like slasher films and. Like, it's something that makes his stuff effective. Well, that, because that's where I think his entree into movie making is based on that. I think he, mm-hmm. when you think about the first couple movies that put him on the map, yep. they're movies that are meant to be realistic yeah, or like to give this, like, faux realism. Mm-hmm. So he always was effective at that. Um, let me speak up for anybody, <laughs> the older, let me be the old man of the group for a second you and say that you don't have to Brian, we're all Brian old. De Palma uh, also, you know, taking on this genre legitimized it in a lot of ways Sissy Spacek stars in this movie mm-hmm. the mother who's the mother who's a completely uh, over the top performance Piper Laurie Piper Laurie oh yeah. yep. yeah, Twin Peaks what's her, up yeah, yeah right 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 yeah good call And but her performance is terrible I mean she plays this like iconic like you know like I, I just don't think she holds up no? Her performance as the mom? Yeah. Oh, I think she was spot on. I think that's exactly mm-hmm. how the mom was supposed to be. I don't know, I think in the, mo- in the book, like, the, there's a lot loop. more nuance to the mother. Like, oh, you think? I think she was so scary and like fanatical. She's scary. She's yeah. scary. But anyway, uh, yeah, but all that said, Scream. All right, so we got to give Carrie some love then, though. Wait, yeah. what did you, wait, are you going Scream, too? Yeah, I'm going Scream. Yeah. Wow, I got to I gotta admit, I'm surprised Scream swept that, that round. Wow. I, I really enjoy Carrie, but I mean, as far as, I, I don't know, Scream just seems like it did more for the horror genre, because it w- really was tapering off at that point. A lot of the stuff that, I mean, what came out, like, immediately prior to Scream? 
So what are we looking at, 1986? Yeah, as far Nothing. as like horror movies go. Nothing. Like, it was dead. It, it was, was a dead It was genre. a dead genre. There may have yeah, been you were like looking a, at some like, giant pieces of shit. There may be yeah. like a, a shitty sequel. That, that time. <laughs> You're looking at Demon Knight. Yeah. Vampire oh, in Brooklyn. I love Demon oh, Knight, Vampire in Brooklyn uh, with Eddie Murphy. The remake of Village of the Dead. My God, everything leading up to Scream that year. Bill this Cosby is why we were so excited every Oh, Tales from the Hood. That was a good movie. Tales from, like the Tales from the Hood. Tales from the Hood. Dennis Miller. Good movie. Stop it! It's Are so funny. Kidding? I love it, but it it's is so not. Funny. It's terrible. Yeah, it's so just say Tales from the Hood. I'll stand is by that. Movie. I'll stand by that. I, I really enjoy that. Film. <laughs> See, now I have to say when you. Oh, Embrace of the Vampire came out that year with what's her face, Alyssa Milano. Milano. Oh my God, this my is favorite. a bunch of. I, I don't like that movie, but I watched it. Leprechaun Three came out that year. I mean, I used to be able to scare Marissa just by saying, I'm the leprechaun. You still do. Oh, Dracula Dead and Loving It. That was oh, so, so, so good. Wow, you're right. You guys. Oh, Ooh, Copycat. Yeah. That was a good movie. No? I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, yeah it's a good movie. I, I feel like I saw that like, I, on cable. I saw that in the movies. But I remember for years, like we, we felt like we were just running out of horror movies. Oh, my God. And, and 1995. And we're like, no, this is all garbage. It's garbage. It's garbage. And then all of a sudden, my brother comes home, and he's like, you got to come with me and see this. Yeah, I agree. You're so, right. Wow, I really can't find a single a movie single on this list. There was there was a, a big gap. There was a, there was a noticeable gap in quality horror movies. Wow, this yeah. is fun. I'm going to go back another year and see what kind of <laughs> crap all that came out. I'm not uh, Are you proud of me? I'm keeping it very clean for that you. That was good. Yeah, you Thank said you. a bunch yeah. of shiitake came out. <laughs> <laughs> shiitake, yeah. Or sh- uh, a bunch of I sugar. I don't like you cur- cussing so close to shooting, shooting time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm changing my evil ways. All right, next round, guys, because this is going to kill you. She's not. Embrace of the Vampire is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, This next round is going to break some hearts. Halloween, the 1978 John Carpenter film versus Rosemary's Baby, 1968 Roman Polanski. I'm dead. I'm dead. Roman Polanski. Polanski's won several Oscars. And he should give them all back. He won for the pianist. You said pianist. I said the pianist. I thought we were That's how you say it. That's how you say it. That's how you say it. Remember that Oscar ceremony where that was the big issue? Was how were you going to say the pianist? The pian- everybody said the pianist. The pianist. Because oh, the pianist. That's when you knew oh, that. Jesus. That's when American culture just That's when you dies. knew all of America yeah. was basic. <laughs> like, just suck it up. They might think I'm saying wiener, guys. Just call guys, it wiener. Just, just call it insane Indian style already. It kind of sounds like wiener. <laughs> Let me tell you something, brother. I'm not going to say wiener on the Academy Awards. <laughs> all right. Um, this is going to be so hard, and I'm going to lose. I know it. I know I'm losing on this. I have a new goal in life, though. I'm going to make a movie that has a really inappropriate word in the title, and be, it's Oscar-worthy, so that, like, really fancy people have to get up and say, like, today's or something, like, really inappropriate. Like, <laughs> but then the subject has to really be not about that word. It has to be about something really refined and elegant. Well, so you first of all, boobies like, are really refined so and elegant. you got to call it, like, boobies, but the boobies has to be, like, the last name of the doctor who, like, <laughs> saves a small village of Playwright. children. No, no, no. It's a movie about, it's a movie about ghost <laughs> bees. <laughs> Boobies. Boobies. And the doctor's name is Boobies. And it's called El Boobies. Los Boobies. El Boobies. Uh, yeah, it's got to be porn. Right, it's got to be Polanski can help me. I'll go to France. <laughs> Polanski makes it. All right, so Polanski makes a movie <laughs> about Dr. Reginald de Boobies, who saves a small yeah. village of children. That happens to be named today. That's, that's, that's the name of the, the village. village of today. <laughs> and, and, he also, and he also has schizophrenia. <laughs> 
yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So in the, in the Oscar, so mm-hmm. and it's played by Adrian yeah. Brody. And I just Adrian guess, Brody yeah. in the Viola Davis has to be in it. <laughs> she's oh, totally yeah. in it. Oh, yeah. So she's, she's a nurse. nurse. She's yeah. a nurse who they send in. So in the Oscars, in the right. Academy Awards, Adrian Brody has, has to give to the say, speech. Yeah. The speech they showed. She's in crying. The, he's like, the, he's like, will Bube save the today? Yes, he will. That's yeah. a lot. Like that's yeah. that's and a lot. At one point, Adrian Brody has to go titties. And that's gonna be my new goal. After we write Jaws the musical, Jaws the musical, I'm gonna write yeah. an Academy Award winning film called Boobay. El Boobes. El Boobes. And then the 27, yeah, 2027 Academy Awards. Or it goes to Terms Endearment. Terms of Endearment Part Two. More endearment. Wait, they've already had a Terms of Endearment Part Two. Also, did they really? Yeah. yeah. They should hop, Jackie. No, no they, they did. did. It's not called Terms two. of Endearment. It is. It's not yeah. called Terms of Endearment um, Part Two. It's called The Evening Star. Yeah, Kramer yeah, yeah. versus Kramer. The Revenge. <laughs> the Godfather Part Five. And Il Bubes. Kramer versus Kramer versus Kramer. Kramer. Versus Kramer. <laughs> Starring Michael Richards. That's the third Kramer. Uh-huh. Get all these Kramers in a Yo, Michael Richards. Michael Fassbender's got to be in it, too. Michael, Michael Fassbender, <laughs> Adrian Brody, and Viola, Viola Davis, Davis in Il Bubez. Yep. I would um, take Denzel. If he's not busy that week, I mean, no, Denzel's not going to be in your movie, dude. Shut no, up. Denzel's not going to be in your movie. Oh, you did. All right? What the hell is wrong with you? Denzel. Who the hell do you think you are? Maybe if this was like 1983. You know what? You're done. You're going home. That's it. Denzel Washington's not going to be in your stupid ass movie. <laughs> sorry when I'm at the Oscars next year. De- uh, Mr. Denzel, I'm so sorry. No, Mr. Washington. No acceptance speech. You're just going to bring Denzel up with you, and he's going to look straight in the camera and mouth. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Mr. Washington. You know what's funny is Denzel. that last episode I addressed Quentin Tarantino by name, and him and Denzel, famous feuders. Do you know that? That makes sense. I know. Really? Denzel's all class. Because Quentin's a racist. Because yeah, Quentin. <laughs> Quentin loves the N-word. Yeah, yeah. Right. He did write a part in a movie just so he could say the N-word. Yeah. But yeah, he's still he's Quentin Tarantino. Racist. What are you going to do? All right. Speaking Two of people Jackson. who are not good people but people. good directors, Roman Polanski. Yes. Rosemary's Baby Wait, is was quite... I supposed to be the tie-in there? I'm not a good... Oh, no, Roman Polanski. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm screen right. Roman Polanski... Roman Polanski's Rosemary's Baby. That's Versus a lot of possessives. Les Boobets. Versus <laughs> Il Bubes, part two. Um, no, uh, versus uh, Halloween. 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 Halloween, uh, uh, Halloween is an important movie. Rosemary's Baby may be one of the finest horror movies ever made. True. You have two options when you're making a horror movie, right? You can make jump scares and gore. And there's not a lot of gore in Halloween, right? Almost none. No, almost none. Yeah. You can make, there's a ton of jump scares, though. Right? In Halloween? Yeah. Yeah. Rosemary's Baby is just this slow burn of existential dread oh, because God, she knows so something dread. something crazy is happening. She is, one. and it's oh. becoming more and more clear as the days oh go God. by. Yeah, but oh. there's there's sure. not like little demons popping out like hey, it's the devil's baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, John Cassavetes as the husband who is a, a phenomenal director to begin with is also not a very good also- human being. 
right? I'm I think. not going to say. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah, insert inappropriate word here, but he's okay. that guy. He's yeah. also not a good person, but his performance in that movie because he plays this ambivalent like, mm-hmm. com- like the, he the fact that he's bought in. It's like every little kid's nightmare where you just cannot get anybody. Mm-hmm. Be- you to know you that, that this monster. is true. Mm-hmm. You know it is true, and the slow developing burn of that. I wish there wasn't the little puppet baby monster at the end because I feel like <laughs> like seeing know, the like, pumpkin kid that kind of almost kind makes of you yeah. go like oh. And but Rosemary's the, baby doesn't technically so hang up. Hang, it's not supposed to be anything that amazing. You know, technically, it's not supposed to be that important. No, that it's it's um, it's all about the character it's development. All, all about, about it's, it's all about. That's, that's all it's about. Slow burning dread. And and I think that like Mia Farrow's performance is mind numbingly good. And actually, she was uh, Frank Sinatra divorced her. Yeah. While on set, because he was like, no, you're not going to make a movie, come home and be my wife. And yeah. she's like, no, F off. And he literally served her with divorce papers on the set. On the set. And that day, yep. she went and like filmed the rape scene or something crazy like that. Like, yeah. Oh, the, oh boy, they're back. back. Yeah. Um, um, okay, so if, if the way I feel like we're going, I think we need to talk about Halloween. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I, is that... <clears throat> I feel like we need to talk about Robert Evans a little bit. <laughs> Because I'm sure he had something to do with the uh, rising tensions between Mia Farrow and Sinatra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure he stoked that fire a little bit to try and get something more out of her performance. And and Mia Farrow is, is beautiful. In that movie, oh she's she's lit. She's lit. I know you guys are gonna make fun of me again, but she's lit perfectly. And first then of all. she just gets so deteriorated. And then they just—they're yeah. able to bring. She's lit perfectly for every stage of the movie because she's so beautiful when she's supposed to be, and she's so ghastly when she's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And and this idea of her as this host, the, the thematic richness of that movie—you can go on and on and on and on and mm-hmm. on. But Halloween is Halloween. Halloween is Halloween. We might not be here without it. And I probably would not be watching horror movies if it wasn't for Halloween. That's, I think that's valid. I think. I mean, even when I was a kid in the 80s, Michael Myers was always, always the more OG of that big three of Jason, Freddy. Like, he was the one who was felt more legitimate. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Or what do you No. <sighs> I don't know. I'm I'm personally really torn between these two. Like, if either one goes through, I'm I'm happy and sad about the other. Like this one, I'm as much as I love my slashers, this one this one's really kind of tough. You, so this this is obviously a podcast that's built around a love of slasher movies, right? This is the the most important slasher movie. I mean, yeah. No, go ahead. what else though? Then. No, I agree. I just I can't. I. Between the two, I think Rosemary's Baby. Oh my God! Yeah, I, to me, I don't think I think what's I I I'm I was worried because to me that's no contest. Either 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 decision. I'm like gonna be bummed if Halloween doesn't move on. I'm gonna be bummed if Rosemary's Baby doesn't move on. But I can see merit for both of them moving on, and I'm I'm kind of torn as to as to what. So you're Joe, you're going Rosemary's Baby. Nate, Nate, what are you going? I'm going Halloween. Ooh. Okay. I have to. Can I borrow those? So we got one vote for Rosemary, one vote for Halloween. Jackie, it all comes down to you. We don't have so. What does Halloween bring? Give us what does Halloween leave behind itself? Right, Jamie Lee Curtis as, as the last girl. Mm-hmm. Um, Directly connect with Psycho. The, the the really so Halloween to me is the um, is the worthy sort of what's the word I'm looking for? Successor like it carries on successor to Psycho, mm-hmm. right? In the pantheon, I think so. It's I think Psycho, so. then Halloween. <clears throat> I think it's 
directly like leading off of Psycho. It's the same concepts and stuff. It's just done in a in a more brutal, less nuanced fashion. Like they don't show any other side to Michael. Michael is just done. Like that kid. I don't know what happened to that kid. But I think you know what I think. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Halloween, and I say this because, and it's actually something that Marissa brought up in. It's actually something Marissa brought up in our podcast, and it's something that I really like. And not to say that this doesn't happen in other movies, but just particularly with Michael Myers, he he shows up. He does a thing. There's not a ton of explanation. You know, it's just... And, and no explanation is needed. Evil. Yeah, he, he is pure evil. Is yeah. like, and like, there's really not a ton... Uh, okay, yeah, he, he killed his sister when they were kids and he got sent away, but what even drove him to that? We don't know. We don't need to know. That's what's scary about it, And that's about okay. It, that's yeah, like, it's okay it, that you could, you no could explanation get, needed. You could get murdered by someone for no reason at any point. That's literally the reality of the world we live in, and a lot of horror movies don't feel the need to accept that reality they always need to create like some backstory for their killer like oh well he was actually a bad guy and then magic happened and now he's yeah. a super zombie there yeah those, yeah. those are all fair points but yeah. there is no disc- there is no way that halloween pervades the genre in the way that rosemary's baby does rosemary's yeah. baby is just a good film is mm-hmm. a great is a great film because what it what it does doesn't just feed one aspect of filmmaking; it feeds all of them. I mean, the color and the lighting and the performances and everything that makes a movie great, I think is I, why I have trouble with this. I think is, is superior in Rosemary's Baby. Everything except the fact that except the coolness factor. Halloween is a cooler movie. Michael Myers is a cooler character. It, they're more there's more culture coming out of Halloween, but besides that, I mean, I don't I don't think any one aspect toe-to-toe, you could stand up to the to Polanski's movie. Polanski's movie is a, is a beautiful film in that it is just this, like, it is, it, it's this, just like, kind of, like, very quiet sort of descent into horror. Um, even the, the, the way that the, the, the New York, the, the New York, the New Yorkness of it. I think it is such an important film for like the set in New York. Seventies yeah. New Yorkness of it. The 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 antagonists, the witches, in the way that they're portrayed in this in this socialite capacity that could go either way. The second guessing you yourself do through the whole movie, where you find yourself siding on different parts of the argument. The first time you watch Rosemary's Baby, before you know how it, hopefully if you have the experience of getting to watch it without knowing how it ends, like you can convince yourself either way. You can almost, as in real life, as people do in real life, when you hear one of the many monologues that make up that movie, you know, you can kind of be swayed one way or the other, um, and yet still there's something so horror genre about the elixirs that she brings in, the drinking of the shakes, the, you know, the, the books. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm going to take one arena where I think that Halloween does have Rosemary's Baby beat, and for the record, had I had, I had to cast a vote, it would definitely be for Rosemary's Baby, but at the end of the day, what ho- there's two things that I think are the reasons why Halloween deserves to move forward. Number one, because it's a slasher film with a really good 
pacing tone and it's not just about jump scares when mm-hmm. she and when you would talk about the reliability of what's actually happening okay so it's not just about the jump scares what it is is this slow burn tension when like she sees michael when she's in school and she sees and like the way that our protagonist much like rosemary is is almost unreliable and we're not sure what's really going on mm-hmm. and where so i think that where halloween deserves its due is that it takes the slasher genre and it gives it a, a respect and a class and a polish that we haven't seen yet of until that moment because what we do see in the early 70s and mid 70s is a lot of grimy grainy slashers and and the other arena where i would argue for halloween over rosemary's baby is in the feminist arena because at the end of the day rosemary is a victim of polanski's polanski's misogyny i know you're not gonna like that joe um the 70s and her shitty husband Mm. and the devil (laughs) so (laughs) let's not forget him and so i think that if you're looking at it through that perspective through that lens which obviously we do on this show from time to time when jackie's not paying attention then we (laughs) then then we have to say that halloween does more for the feminist in a film than than ever before while it creates the final girl trope it it's a meaningful trope that's mm-hmm. been played upon ever since. Rosemary wasn't the final girl by any stretch of the imagination. Although I do love that she, I love the ending. I love how ambiguous it is. And I love that, you know, it's freaking hard, man. I, I think so. So first of all, Romero says, uh, Halloween's the most important horror movie ever made. So you, you have good company there. Um, I gotta deal with cause that. he, he definitely stands by what you guys are saying. Also, this whole idea of pure evil and kind of ushering in this era of horror where you didn't need the explanation, it's just this force. I mean, that is, you know, academically called, that is what new horror is. And that lives and lives and lives and even Mm -hmm. comes back again with Scream. And all that said, though, the stakes are higher to me in Rosemary's Baby. And that's indicative of a movie that's trying to say something bigger that at the end of the day, yes, you guys are right. It does all of those things better than anything else. But those things to me are very micro. They're micro thematically, they're micro plot wise, and they're micro in the in the kind of canon of what movies can do. I think Polanski is is addressing something bigger and in taking he that is, on. He's addressing the apocalypse pretty right. much, so, you know? So this small town goes wrong and we get to kill like, a bunch of teenagers. That's horrible, but the world's not going to end if Michael Myers isn't killed at the end of Halloween. There's a certain type of horror movie that does that, that makes its town feel like an island. Mm-hmm. That that whatever happens in that town, if you got in a car and drove away from the town, mm-hmm. you'd never the residents of it would never go further. Yeah. And it's in protecting the town and the family and whatever that's there. But to me, so few movies do what Polanski does well in Rosemary's Baby. I, I hate saying Polanski because I'm not, I'm not defending him, but... I think the stakes are higher, the, the, the thematic resonance is higher, and that's why I think it's, it's more of a crime to let this one slip through our fingers, but that's okay. We'll move on. Move on. All right, the next one, Night of the Living Dead, 1968, George Romero classic versus Alien, 1979, Ridley Scott film that Jackie contends shouldn't even be here to begin with. Oh, yeah, not even supposed angry. to be here today. <laughs> hmm. This is a hard one. This is a hard it's one, gonna too. It's going to break my heart, I think. I will fully admit that I am way too biased and way too in love with Night of the Living Dead to ever make a rational decision in this arena. Like, my love for Romero and his zombies knows no ends. I love the movie Alien. I think this whole, like, archetype of the the really strong woman, which I, which I believe in the continued uh, focus of this podcast being to, 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 to celebrate that one angle of feminism... 
yeah. does kind of bother me because I think that there is more of a richness to what a character can be besides just when you take a woman and you say she's got to be tough. She's got to be tough and so she's got to stand by, by to, to this. She's got to stand to this ideal of toughness. I think you can make a case that the mental anguish and the perseverance of a character like Rosemary comes with just as much importance. Did, you didn't get any of that in Halloween? Like, she's no, no. not strong. She's weak. But she, but she manages to keep together just to protect those kids. Yeah. Like she's not like she's not a bad. It's not like Ripley and Alien. Right. Right. No. No. I'm, like I'm talking this, about Ripley, who's who's you know amazing. But I just think it's one type of thing you can do. See, I and I and I would strongly disagree with you because I think that when you look at Rosemary with the modern lens of a feminist, you say. Fuck if only that girl wasn't was was doing this in 2017, where she'd be like, you know what? Screw you, screw you, screw you. I'm out. <laughs> and unfortunately, and in the modern it. world, she would have she before before the new administration, she would have headed right over to the Planned Parenthood clinic as she yep. should have. Yep. So to me, looking at it from a modern feminist perspective, which we have to, it's a call to a time where we didn't have even a woman as strong and awesome as Rosemary doesn't have a better choice but to stay and be. Totally devastated by these witches. Did we go with Ro- Rosemary's baby? Because I feel like we need to. We're we still talking about it. I know. It. I'm sorry. And we'll move on. And we'll. But like. <laughs> no, I, I was like, trying to be an entree into what I know is going to come about Alien, and that is is that we're not. You know, Ripley being the sort of the the model of what. You know, the model of feminism as this podcast. But what I love is that she's just this normal chick who's like a working class. I mean, she's she's yeah. tough. She's yeah. tough, but she's not like like in Aliens. Like she is an action hero. Right. She is Absolutely. like jump kicking aliens in the face and stuff. In the first movie, like she's strong. She's a trucker. I think I'm I'm based my decision is that I I feel like Alien became really kind of again the two paths that films can take. Romero's movie did a lot of important things that then mm-hmm. that really raised the art form of horror. Whereas Alien and Ridley Scott's movie takes us away from that. It, 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 I don't know. I'm not doing a good job of explaining myself. They, so Night of the Living Dead, you know, has there's this great story about it, kind of like shocking matinee kids, right? And the drive-ins and all that. Mm-hmm. Like they were they were packaging it with like sci-fi movies from the 50s and everything, you know. And the kids were going home horrified, absolutely terrified. From watching Night of the Living Dead, they were watching like th- that with a double feature with like my mom was a Martian or something, and <laughs> and th- n- the movies were so tonally different, and no no manager of a drive-in bothered to look at it. This comes mm-hmm. right from Roger Ebert, right? That that's that's the path this movie takes. It darkens everything. It it brings this really horrifying tone. It grapples with the, the entire of mankind, and the horror is not contained to something micro. Alien is the same way and does a lot of those things really well, but does it in a blockbusterish kind of capacity. Right. And the fact that Aliens gets very actiony to me hurts its legacy. No, but I understand Alien is is just telling a story about an alien in space and how terrifying that situation would be where you can't escape. You can't get away from it. It's trapped in there with you and you're literally I don't even know if they're hundreds of thousands of miles to the nearest planet. Like they're in the middle of nowhere. It, meanwhile, Night of the Living Dead is not only like a functional horror movie, but it's also making really potent social commentary about racism in the country. So I have to go with Night of the Living Dead. Jackie. 
I'm sorry, Jackie. Um, I know that I'm a big hypocrite because I'm leaning toward Alien. (laughs) (laughs) That is deeply ironic. I don't feel right about voting for Alien. As much as I like Alien, I don't feel right about voting for Alien in this. Okay, so Night Living Dead takes it. That's yeah. that's all right. Yeah. Next one. This is this is gonna be rough. Monster Squad takes on Night of the, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> the original. Just I'm not even talking. Yeah, yes. let's move on. Okay. No. Oh, yeah, that is fair. so unfucking fair. Uh, no, that is completely unfair that we had to sit there and listen to about Rosemary's Baby for 98 right, so talk hours. Talk to me about Monster Squad. Yeah, we really did listen to 98 hours. <laughs> well, cut true. it back then. I don't know what to say. <laughs> we're teasing you. Relax. Yeah, I'm just breaking balls. We're, we're really not going to discuss anything at all. Well, tell us why Monster Squad. Because it's a really good movie. No, I love. You know what? I guess I think I'm holding on to a lot of childhood things. With yeah, Monster it's Squad. it's. I think it's we all have those do. movies. Yeah, Night of the Living Dead is that for me. Like yeah. I can never like if it if you guys voted off, I might have left. So I get it. Like, <laughs> Podcast over. Yeah. See, but of course, like of all it all things, down. it has to go up against. It has to go up against Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. which, which is, is your you know, jam. I'm gonna have to do a room tour at some point of like my Woman Cave because you the amount of Freddy Krueger memorabilia that I have in there is slightly we ridiculous. We should do a, a tour for a 35 year old woman. Like yeah. it's just it's a little bit sad. So like of all things to put it up against, I'm sorry, it's really painful. But no, it's like I said, yeah. it was. I believe that the simultaneous reaction that Joe and I had when it went through to round two <laughs> kind of explains it all. That yeah, what? Like <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I only voted for it because I knew how much it means to you. I mean, oh, thank you. And would it, would it, oh, it be Dracula? I re- yeah, and be, I love the original Dracula, yeah. and it. I got. I I rewatched it lately, and I I felt such a warm nostalgia for childhood. It evokes it really that does. like love you have when you're little for like just accepting this all to be real, mm-hmm. and like that to me was where like my strength for the movie came in. Like I just loved remembering what it was like to be like yeah Frankenstein and and the Wolfman and you know they're all. And I tell you, and it's the reason it's movies like that. You know that Stranger Things comes out, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. like yeah, that, it's an homage that to that kid feeling. that kids that band together to you know defeat yeah. the evil kind of thing. I don't know. It's just, but then again, Nightmare on Elm Street. And right. Not, I mean, not even Street. talking right. about the series itself. Talking about the original. You know. Yeah. I, mean, I love the whole series. How do you, how do you not like? Not how do you, how does that? I mean, yeah, like I said, it's there's a it's reason why out. I have a ridiculous amount of Freddy memorabilia. Okay. We're going to move on, though, so you have time to heal. Okay, good. Okay. I need that. Um, I, need, I need a safe space. This one's hard. Damn it. Cabin in the Woods versus Black Christmas. Oh. Um, it is hard. I'm sorry. This one isn't hard for me. Me I'm neither. Sorry. Really? Yeah. No. For I me, think this I'm going to be sad. I'm going Black Cabin Christmas. in the Woods. Oh! <laughs> really? Good. You guys thought you were on the yeah. same page. I know. I'm you so into you. I read you like a book, so and I you. knew that you were going to say Black Christmas. Oh, really? Uh-huh. And you you think Cabin in the Woods? <laughs> I do think Cabin in the Why? Woods. Why? Yes. Um, because it, it was made for me. It's, that, make, it's making up for Monster Squad is what's happening <laughs> yeah. right now. It's all, mo- it's it's all the late in Monster no, no, Squad, Edgar. No, no, no. It's the same idea as Monster Squad. Yeah. Where it elevates all these like horror oh. icons like... You go into that basement and there's stuff oh everywhere God. from every horror movie. And, you, and if you're a horror fan, you can pick stuff yeah. out yep. that they never we, even focus we on are the or gods. talk about. Yeah. We are the gods that, you all need to, that they need yeah. to appease. Oh like, right. It's that's made a, for me. That's a good way to look it's at it. It's a good-ass movie. Yeah, it is, yeah. No, it is. Like, we, we, you know, they have to appease the gods and sacrifice yeah. each of the tropes. We are the gods. Yep. Wow, that's so well said. That's true. Yeah. You That is the one movie that may, puts you like makes you the... 
Yeah. yeah. It's true. Yeah. And us specifically. Yes. The, the four of us specifically. Well, and our listeners specifically. <laughs> yes. Because as a viewer, like you always have you always have the power to stop the and horror from right. taking place because it's only happening because you put that movie in and you're playing it and you're watching it. You created this situation. You're the reason these kids are dying. Yeah, and, so if and you don't the, want yeah, that to happen, right. you turn it off. Yeah, and that, so that makes the metaphor really Damn. rich in a way that I didn't mm-hmm. think about until you guys pointed that out. Jackie, because that's brilliant. Then your mind, then in your mind, in essence, is where the arbiting of the the you know the truth of how right or wrong this is is happening. Because so, you could choose to not allow it to it's, happen. It's great because the entire movie, you have this entire organization that's <laughs> trying to keep things like to go a certain way. For our benefit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. We're consuming, <laughs> we're consuming what it. is so terrible about what they're and doing. they want us to keep... They don't want us to, to, to tell them to go away and get rid of horror movies. So they do what we want. Totally. And, and if they it, mess up, then it's it's the end of the world for them. Right. In a twisted way, then, too, it becomes the successor of what Romero was trying to say mm-hmm. in this movie that we all swear the, you know, is so important to the genre, right? I mean, like... Because if, if if the dead trilogy is about consumer you know consumerism and sort of the horrors of it, this takes it right to our faces. It's like yeah. it's like smacks us in the head with it. It's mm-hmm. a good call. Yeah. I still say Black Christmas because it's got Margot Kidder in it. <laughs> she is. This is hard. This she, is hard for me. She you know sassy. how much I love yeah. Black Christmas. Yeah, so it's you're gonna you're gonna break the tie this time. I know. Um, it's all a I think I really love Cabin in the Woods. It was like a scream moment for me where I felt like horror movies were getting really like. Yep sad and repetitive again and then that came out and that reminded me why I love horror movies again and that actually inspired me to go and look for things that I had overlooked in the past it didn't necessarily change the landscape of horror movies from that point forward but it reinforced my love of the horror movies I grew up watching and made me want to seek out more that being said Black Christmas wow it is Black Christmas (laughs) Black Christmas gets under my skin. Me too. It man. really does, and I don't know what it's it is about stock. that movie. It's Billy. Billy. <laughs> Billy. Billy. I swear it's the film stock. I think it's. I think it's the ending too. The ending yeah. when like Holy they're taking shit. the girl out of the house and it's pulling out, and you see the dude in the window, and oh my he's God. been there no. the whole time. It's like you didn't get anybody, guys. Yeah. He's still there, and he's waiting until someone comes back and's gonna murder them too. And and such brilliant twist like with the boy oh, so what, a twist. So what a twist but it's let's so talk good. let's give cabin in the woods it's due um yes. i think it is a great film i think yeah. at the Excellent. end of the day it's it's just such a love letter to horror and horror fans and all that um and right. yes, yes black yes. christmas moves on. on and now we have saw versus fright night oh come on fright night fright night i mean <laughs> i don't so, know i'm not gonna go against the yeah. green because i don't feel strongly about either of them yeah, i don't okay. need to see saw I don't need to see that. Cut it out. Uh-oh. All right. So Saw, I think, is an important entry into Hall. No, Saw, Saw was good. Not Saw only was does a good it give movie. one, right? It's important, but at this point, it's turned into like a, a, a carnival dark ride where you go yeah. in and you see dioramas of like people getting tortured and stuff. Well, and you kind of, you kind of, you're you like, kinda, metaphors. You kind of, I'm sorry. Oh my God, that was beautiful. <laughs> it is like that. That's, that's exactly that's what like, it feels like. You're just like. going in and you're gawking at all the awful things that are happening to these people, but there's nothing else like the crazy convoluted plot lines. That doesn't help Saul at all. It makes it worse. It makes it worse when you're trying to convince me that this guy, that Carrie Elway's at the end of the last movie, is actually the one who was in control of this entire thing. Get out of here. I don't 
ever, like, I'm glad that the series ended after that. All right, so Fright Night takes that one easily. Yeah, yeah. Very, All very right, easy. here we go. Girl Walks Home Alone at Night versus Let the Right One In. Ooh, this is mm. difficult. This is a this is a good matchup. We watched like the good. right one, and I was like, "Oh, there, this is a good movie." There is no to me that I don't think that this is really that much of a contest. No, so. yeah. let the right one in. Yeah. I, so let's talk about Girl Walks Home. Then, yes. Because well, let's Jackie wasn't a fan. Right? No, Jackie, Jackie didn't Jackie like it. That much. I made it thirty five minutes in and was bored <laughs> out of my mind. Why? But it's It's not just about the dialogue and the characters. It's about everything coming no, together. It's, it's such that... a beautiful package. Oh like, my god, the just... ending of that movie knocks me the hell out. Yeah. It was, okay, and I, it felt student filmy in the sense of That's like... Fair. <laughs> in the sense of it's like... It's Iranian. Is it? No. Yeah, yeah. it is. Okay, well then it's Iranian student filming. Like... <laughs> From the University of Iran. No, no, like it did. Like it kind of. And it had those like moments of like, I'm gonna put this in the film. Like it's gonna make the final cut because it's just a little weird, a little edgy, and she's gonna dance and put on makeup in her basement apartment. And then there's a cat that the guy pulls out of the barn. I don't know. Like it just didn't. Like there was just not a lot. It 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 did not hold my attention. It did not hold my attention. And like you know, I didn't really. Care about oh, any fair characters. that it's self-important. It's a little yeah, self-important. Like just, I could take. I could super. see that. And you know what? The fact that the director, I think, uh, I may be butchering her name, but Amy Amapur, 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 yeah, Amapur, is an American director at the end of the day. And most of this was shot, I believe, in California. I'm actually going to fact check that. I I'm going to say this, and it might be a little scandalous. I think she kind of cashed in on I'm making an Iranian film. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that with. Like that, and and the actor. So what if she could beat you in arm wrestling? Would that make her? Or... <laughs> I don't get it. Neither do I. Okay. It's because you guys don't listen to me. No, I don't. I tune, it's so obvious that you tuned me out. out. All right, but go ahead. I tuned you out. So you, you think, I was bored. You think that she is just kind of playing that aspect. So in other words, she could have done this movie in English. If this movie was a film made in English by an American director, I think we wouldn't even be having this conversation right now. Um, I think you're right. I think think if this movie were in English, maybe that, that would be true. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just playing around. With it. Maybe. Now, I, and for the record, I love the movie. I actually think I love the movie. I think I, think, I don't think any, it doesn't take anything away from the shots of her on the street, mm-hmm. uh, the lighting versus the black and white of the of the film that what the film is shot oh, in. It's a beautifully directed the, the, film. The, the the scenes I thought those scenes, Jackie, I really enjoyed. I thought they added to like the richness of the you know the human condition that it was trying to tap into and the ending app without giving it away or spoiling it for our listeners the ending absolutely slayed me i i did feel a little bit of that self-importance that you both are alluding to seep in but the ending fixed it for me all right so let the right one in all right this one i'm curious to see where this goes vhs versus blair witch the original Mm -hmm. obvi Blair Witch 2. book of shadows (laughs) i'm gonna put my cards on the table right away blair witch Okay, I Blair Witch. Can't vote. Haven't seen Blair VHS, Witch. but no. All right, yep. So Blair, Blair Witch. Yeah. I'm sorry, VHS. Yeah, no. Some of, like Let's I said, like VHS I said before, some of the segments of VHS are very effective and are haunting. Like they, the, the imagery, the imagery sticks with me. Yeah. Some of them are the dumbest, hokiest stuff that I've ever seen in my entire life. Wow. And I'm like, uh. It's fair. Last for this round, 
Phantasm versus Wreck. Boy, that's a tough one. What if I always said, oh, like, oh, boy, that way, though? I was like, oh, boy, I don't know what to have for dinner. Um, no, no, no contest, Wreck. 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 I don't know how Phantasm is. How did Phantasm get through the first round? All right. You guys slammed it. Please refer to episode five of Jersey Girls, right? Isn't that five? We didn't necessarily slam You guys. We I slammed it. Did I'm we? the only one who listened. Okay, you were slamming so hard that the whole time Nate had to be like, well, maybe it's not that bad. But then he would go on to pretty much say what was wrong with it. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad. It's good bad. It's good bad. It's good bad. It's like Ghoulies too. It's good bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? It's true. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, we are officially done with the uh, top 32 this week. What do they call that? No, that, 32. that's just 32. That's just 32. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, what, they run out of clever names over at the... Uh... Well, they stop at 16. It's it's eight Elite Eight, Final Four, Elite Eight, and Sweet, sweet 16. 16. Yeah. Okay. Um, we now have our Sweet 16, mm-hmm. and we are going to um, say goodbye for yeah, now. Yeah, goodbye because, for now. Uh, because we have someone in the group who likes to chat. <laughs> I'm not going to say who, Nate. Why? <laughs> you guys are literally blaming two hours on me? No. no. Oh, that's baby. That's you can cut it back. No, it's totally Joe. Let's talk. <laughs> how, many, how, many times did he, how many times did he bring up Rosemary's baby yeah. after a we bunch. were done with All right. you know what, baby? You know what we should talk about a little more? You guys are Rosemary's baby. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Just because you guys don't like real movies. <laughs> Damn. Oh, man. Wow. So, tune in next Coming time. Where, didn't I say, didn't I This say, is the day that Bill Paxton died. Didn't I say, Okay? Didn't I say when I first got here that I just watched Rashomon and you're going to question if I watch real fair, movies? That's fair. You're right. You, uh, you brought up the Criterion Collection, it. not me. I will flip okay. every chair in this house. I will find the okay, most. Okay, the ones that move by themselves. You're oh, gonna it's going to be difficult, but I'll do it. <laughs> Um, so tune in next time when hopefully we'll all be speaking to each other yeah. in order to create the Sweet 16 down to the to the final eight. And we no, are... The Elite Eight. The, the Wait, elite is, eight. is the NBA... Oh, Jesus H. Christ. Is the NBA going to sue us for that one? The, 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 it's not. It's NCAA. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But please do not forget... That you can find us on social media. Jersey Ghouls are on Twitter. We yeah, are. We're on the Twitter. We're on the Facebook. Twitter. We're on the YouTubes. I'm gonna get a Snapchat. That's, a, that's the kids like this. The Snapchat. kids do like the Snapchat. The kids they like the Snapchat. Snapping in the chat. Hey, I, I read about this thing the other day on the internet. It's called the Snapchat. I'm gonna get me the Snapchat. You can also. You can make a doggy tongue pop out of your mouth. You don't even need to do anything. With the Snapchat. <laughs> So yeah, jerseyghouls.com for our podcast and uh, blogs and hilarity. Yeah. So, and that's it. Tune in yeah. next time, guys. Hey, in case you didn't get enough of me, you can read my blog at chocostyle.com. You have already said that. I, how many, I got four plugs an episode, I was told. Oh, it's okay. my contract. contract you know what? <laughs> I will be in my trailer. In a plug. Go yeah. do all the stuff they said to do. Nate's not a sellout. He's in it for yeah, the love no, no, of no. the yeah. I'm in it for the Not love me, of, man. Love I'm in it for hits. Yeah. <laughs> You can check him out at www.angelfire slash forward slash forward slash Nate is cool dash geocity. It was a geocity. The is is a Z is I Z. Dollar sign 4851KMLIMQ. And thank you for coming out. Good night. Bye. Good night and good luck. God bless you. God bless you.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 